This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 434 for Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we're into. Joining me this week, Stephen is back. That's Stephen with a PH, and you can find him at Stephen ESC on all the social media that matters, including Twitch. Good day, sir. Good day to you. I was lurking in your last Twitch stream, or maybe not your last, but the last one that I saw on February 22nd, 2022. <laughs> the Tuesday stream. Yeah, the, the Tuesday stream. And I, I have to say that um, it was entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, for folks that don't know, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but because it was like 0202, 2022 for the date, uh, yes. and, you, and you already have like a Tuesday thing that, that you do, uh, you had set a channel point redemption uh, for two minutes and 22 seconds where you did a silly voice, essentially, on the stream. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> at first, I was just like, okay, this is, this is cute. This is funny. You know, like, and, and the two minutes is over pretty fast. Especially, I find it especially funny when you're still talking about what you're talking about. Like it's, you know, you're talking about building something in Minecraft as you. And then you switched over to this character, Igmund, I think was the name. Igmund, yeah. Yeah. And so you do this silly voice, and but you continue to talk about precisely what you're talking about, but everything <laughs> changed. Like, it's not just that you're talking silly, but saying the exact same thing. Phrasing is different. Delivery is different. Timing is different. The thought process is different. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a lot. And yeah. then it would end. And I could feel a slight sigh of relief from you. And then, <laughs> and then like two minutes later, whatever the cooldown was, somebody else in chat would redeem it. And so it was this constant back and forth. I'm just like, okay. I mean, I knew I was in for it. Um, yeah. So I kicked back and I was working on some stuff on, on my own on the server and just listening to you. But I, dude, I don't remember exactly what you said. <laughs> and some of it has to be like, you don't remember either because it's a, so off the cuff, right? You're streaming live. Yeah. You're reacting to stuff that's happening either in a video game or in chat. But like, I kid you not, man, I was laughing out loud here in the studio going like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did he just say? <laughs> it just... And it's not like it was any like one liner joke. It's more about like the comedic timing of the delivery. Yeah, it's Igman's, uh, he's a usual kind of quote unquote character that I have on my streams where the usual channel point redemption is 2000 points. And so oh, okay. for, for this special Tuesday where all of the two showed up in the date on a Tuesday, um, yeah, I just dropped the price from 2000 down to 222. That was Alistair's suggestion actually. It was a good one. And then um and then I decided to make the time instead of 2 minutes, it's going to be 2 minutes and 22 seconds. And then I gave it the overall a 5-minute cooldown. So by the time that I right. by the time I finished, it would have been roughly a 2 minute and 22 second delay between the next time somebody could do it. You know, I tried to make it as as too themed as possible. And and it's and for what it's worth, folks, the 
it's a I don't know what how it started, but Igmund for Igmund there's only Tuesday. For him it's like that's how he says today. So it's like it's Tuesday and so it's like it's today and then he just <laughs> So even <laughs> if somebody says Wednesday, Igmund will basically go I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's Tuesday. It's and Tuesday. So, yeah, so that I did a special stream on Tuesday f- just for that. So that I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's uh <laughs> people seem to get a kick out of him and uh, like almost as much of a kick out of him as I do, so I'm grateful. Banana, I was tired afterwards. Oh yeah, doing something like that for as long as a stream would be would be focus heavy, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh and and I like I said I did enjoy like when you would run out of things to say as a streamer, but also you're Igmund <laughs> for the time being. So you also have to play like okay, well, how does this go with Igmund <laughs> when he runs out of things to say? Um and I think that's where like the 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 pause and the timing and the mumbling kind of came in and, and and caught me off guard and made me laugh because it reminded me of characters like the Italian guy I don't remember his name from Disney's Atlantis do you remember that oh, guy yeah 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 he was he was the explosives yeah. expert uh, and he was always talking about like I got uh, nitroglycerin I got TNT I got paper clips big ones you know like he just he has that, <laughs> that pause yeah. between yeah random stuff and it just reminded me no and he does I mean obviously the, the character actor in Atlantis has a bit of an accent as well um, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun cool thank you very much a lot of fun and you don't do that that's yeah you don't do it all the time though right like that's with Eggman do you mean yeah no Eggman is he's there all the time he, he's a uh... The, the the redemption's called Tuesday's Child, and so for two thousand points, this this audio oh two thousand yeah this this okay. audio That's thing kicks in and goes it's Tuesday and then I just go oh my goodness and just kind of just just right. write whatever comes and basically with Igman everything whatever falls out of my mouth I don't really have a I don't swear but I don't have a filter so if he says something stupid like in the oh that that looks silly on your face like that's just that's what comes out and so I don't. Right. Okay. Yeah, but he he's there all the time. Right on. Do you um do you know out of curiosity, like if you have a younger audience on Twitch, or is it just a bunch of people that all just kind of enjoy enjoy that? I think it's a good range. I used to have I think younger I had a good number of younger followers um when before kids went back to school. And so there were a couple that started to kind of hint at age and Cosmic is in there and like, no, 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 cool that you want to share. But with this, we keep this, you know, nice and safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Cosmic is one of the, the moderators for all the Citadel folk on Twitch and has her own Twitch channel. And an epic moderator. Yes, at Cosmic that, underscore dancer on Twitch as well. So got to give her a shout out when we can. But yeah, I know it's um the follow the the younger crowd I think has sort of fallen off now that they've gone back to school and they're less in front of the computer all the time. Mm. But it's there's still a couple of them that pop in and just go, "Hey, how's it going? It's been a while," and they they want to know what I've been up to and stuff. So it's um some that I'm pretty sure are in like the 13 to 14 year old range, but they come back to check and see what I'm working on every once in a while, which is kind of neat. The only time I can usually tell how old someone is in my chat, which is same rules we don't do the whole age thing just it's you know safe oh, for sure. internet practices all that kind of stuff i mean it's mostly because minecraft does attract uh, a younger audience sometimes but uh i think because i'm pretty chill i tend to get slightly older people uh but uh, usually it's the type of questions or the constant demand for attention <laughs> like if yeah. someone's there 
and trying to be the center of attention in your Twitch chat, even though they're being perfectly nice, uh, you just you can kind of go like, okay, you're probably on the younger side, which is good to realize as a streamer because there are some people that could be quite hard on someone like that, like, you know, calling them out on it, like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, it's fine. I mean, I'll respond to stuff that makes sense, but if it's just constant, I'm just like, look, you can't. <laughs> I don't have time to read this personal correspondence with you <laughs> and stream at the same time. Um, and for anybody that is wondering, uh, the channel points on Twitch, those are, those are free points that right. you accumulate by watching a streamer and, and you can redeem them for a bunch of things. I think the only thing that I've got mine are you can redeem them for an, um, using an emote for the day, uh, or highlighting a message, which my moderators use quite often because they've got a ton of points because they're just always in right. chat <laughs> moderating. And I, so they tend to use them to like call attention to, a uh something i might have missed like if someone donates or, or does a a subscription and i happen to miss it because something else was going on uh or if i was on break um people tend to be sneaky <laughs> and then and the other thing is to take breaks uh which uh, i'm normally pretty good at like normally just sitting in a computer for an hour my body will just say you need to stand up <laughs> and just like go stretch or something uh but um very often, especially in games like Minecraft and more specifically Satisfactory when I was streaming that, I would get sucked mm. into just one more thing, just one more problem, just on to the next thing. Or this is going really well. I want to keep this momentum going. And like there'd be the highlighted finger wag from Cosmic <laughs> saying like you are 10 minutes past your break, sir. Like don't make me cross the <laughs> pond. And it's good though because I mean it, it, it keeps it consistent. It allows me to play, play ads on the stream every hour. But then... I'm away from the computer, so people aren't missing anything. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it's um, the channel points are something that I've not delved into very far. Um, but they seem like a really cool tool for people that have extras like that that they want to use, but they don't. They don't want to put it behind a paywall. They want to put it behind an engagement wall, right? Which I think is a it's it's a clever thing. And I think you and I chatted about it on Discord one time, where basically you were looking for things to do with it but you don't want any you know dance monkey dance moments or things that will yeah. change the direction of what you want that you're doing in the stream and so i, I struggle with that too I, I i've got a few different you know ridiculous voices that i do but and they don't they don't take anything away from the action that i'm doing other than i i change the point of view to my to my character looking in the screen saying hey thanks for using your 2000 viewpoints on that da, 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 da. and then i just start talking while i do stuff for the next two minutes so i'm not really I have a couple of higher point ones where I have to do like an Icarus jump. Yep. But people have to save up 15,000 points for that. So that's, you know, I don't have enough followers to make that a constant occurrence. Right. So it's like maybe once every three streams or something. And you can always change it. Like if if something happens where you have like exponential growth, you can just change it to something higher so that it's, again, something that just not doesn't happen all the time. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're pretty great though. Wolf Machina uh, is a streamer that I follow uh, and is um someone that has digital voice changers like he's got something attached to his mic that will change um his voice to other cool. things and when i was first learning to play satisfactory he was one of the streamers i was following because he was playing as well really chill guy he would do these big long stream days and um <laughs> one of his channel reward things was he would just press a button so he didn't have to do anything with his voice. He would just continue on streaming like normal, but he would change one of his voice box buttons to be like robot wolf or <laughs> uh, my favorite was it was just a slight modulation to make him sound like a woman. <laughs> nice. 
And it was unnerving because it sounded authentic. <laughs> like it just sounded like you were now watching a female streamer. And and he, even after he finished with it, he was just kind of like, that is so weird because <laughs> he can hear it, right? Okay. Oh, and <laughs> he's just, just like, nope. Yeah, he's monitoring in his earbuds, and it's just like, yeah, that would throw me off. I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could hear, like, hearing the feedback live. I would be just like, nope, sorry, can't, can't do that. But speaking of rewards, I do have a few um, housekeeping points, I guess, to get out of the way at the top of the show. New month. So first, thank you to all of the patrons that are supporting the Citadel Cafe. It is listener supported, as a lot of you know, and uh, I can't thank you enough to keep the uh, the mics going from month to month. And there are a number of changes that I've implemented on the Patreon page, two of which are goals. So there are new milestone goals that you can read about at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. These are goals we're aiming for to help the show grow. First one is called Backroom Barista. At $50 per episode, we open up the staff room to everyone and the Barista Cut bonus audio sessions will be available to all patrons. Previous to this, they were only available to the Barista Cut patrons, which is the next tier up. So at tier one, anybody that's helping support the show gets access to the bonus cut audio. And as of now, we're at that level. So (laughs) no sooner did I add that, (laughs) it was actually met as the, uh, the month rolled over to March. So everyone that has a patron account with the Citadel Cafe, you should be able to access all of the Barista Cut audio from the archive. So you can search through the Patreon posts. You can also just subscribe to the patron-only RSS feed and look for the Barista Cuts. They're usually labeled the same as a show number. So like if, for example, there was a Barista Cut to episode 434, it would just be called 434 Barista Cut with Steven. We don't have one this week, but like that's what it would be called uh, had we had we done one. Uh, the second goal that I've added is called Employee of the Month, and that is at $100 per episode. And that will be that the Barista Cut bonus audio sessions will be scheduled to a minimum of one session per month. Right now, they happen whenever my guests happen to have time. That's not a guarantee. All of my guests <laughs> have kids, and sometimes I'm recording during the workday with them, so the time is sometimes finite. But I will commit to getting at least one done per month if we can hit that goal. Uh, that may include just me doing one on my own. People don't have time, um, and I'm, I'm cool with that. So, so those are the goals right now. There are some other goals in the works, but because we are still on our way to the $100 per episode, I, I'm going to leave the other ones under wraps until we get there. I also like to maybe work through them a little bit, maybe bounce them off the community and the Discord. There have been some perk adjustments. The cafe community members now, as mentioned, of course, above, have access to the Barista Cut audio sessions. That is also an automatic reward redeem, so you don't have to do anything. It should it should just click over. Barista level support now comes with a name tag and a thank you credit on the CiddleCafe.com. So upping a little bit of the uh, perks that you get at the Barista level. Everything is implemented now. The Website has been updated and the show notes have been redesigned slightly. And every week you will see just above the internet minute section, all of our patrons that have a tier with a website credit will be listed with a thank you in a, in a box just above the internet minute. So that's all done. That's all live. And again, thank you very much for everyone that is supporting the show. It's the way that this is made. It's the way that it's possible. And I can't thank you enough. Nice. Congratulations on hitting the 50 per episode. That's excellent. Thanks. Uh, we might have hit it once a long time ago, uh, maybe during the Game of Thrones mm. coverage eons and eons ago, but uh, we've been pretty steady 
since then, but we've seen a lot of growth actually. We're a small show <laughs> compared to some of the other projects that I've had, but that's fine. You know, like I'm, it's a passion project and it's, it's uh, nice to be able to fold it into my, my professional work, but um, it's cool to see it grow after a while, you know, such okay. a long time. Uh, we've also seen an uptick in the last six months in email. I had a lot of email. We've always been just like a listening show for a lot of people, but I really like the emails because it gives us a chance to either talk about something that we talked about 200 episodes ago or, you know, um, just cover some things that in quick bullet points, uh, like last week, for example, you know, recommending stuff on Netflix, you know, not really having to dive in and talk about every show, just like here are the bullet points of the stuff that I would, you know, look for. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's really what I've been doing this week. I mean, it's tax season. So like as a small business owner, I've been up to my ear holes in, in tax stuff, but, uh, what have you been doing the last little while? Busy with freelance work and work and streaming, but then uh, I guess in my free time, I've been doing a, a lot of rewatching of old things. Just I think a lot of it's because my my sons are now of age where they're able to enjoy shows that my wife and I watched, I guess, ages ago. You know, we're we're watching Air, Avatar: The Last Airbender again, but it's like every once in a while we just kind of go, you know, it's been a while, and then we just work our way through all three seasons of that. So we're, we're doing that right now, but you know, we're doing Stranger Things and. Um, kind of trying to get ourselves up to speed before season four we're watching the old toby Maguire and andrew garfield spider-man movies because i realized i hadn't seen them all yet i've only had only seen the toby Maguire uh one and two so we just watched three recently we're going to watch the andrew garfield one soon to sort of try to work our way up through all the spider-man movies so, so we can watch the latest one um and not that my <laughs> sons are watching it but you know, my wife and I are finally, I think I mentioned it last time, working our way through Game of Thrones now. So we're just, we just started season four of that and it's still an excellent, excellent show. Thankfully, the library has the seasons and uh, we just watched the episode. Uh, spoiler alert, everyone, if you haven't seen it from ages ago, <laughs> King Joffrey was just killed and it's about flipping time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that was intense. Yeah, that was actually a, a really good death. <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes people die and it's just, they do the, uh, 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 and then close their eyes and they're just gone. But he was uh, clearly poisoned. And it looked, the as much as I disliked the Joffrey character, that actor just nailed that scene. Like it was not pleasant looking at all. I mean, Joffrey is an oh, asshole, yeah. but he's also young. And to watch someone that young die choking is hard, mm. regardless of, of like, who they are um but and i find that the game of thrones does that with with the deaths when they happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just it no, nothing feels like oh that was kind of fake <laughs> no. it always has a lot of weight to it uh even when it's some inconsequential character you're just kind of like oh yeah. woof wow okay remind me don't don't die like that yeah, thanks and so <laughs> mental here's mental the episode note. budget 50 percent for deaths 50 percent for everything else <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I think that they do such a good job these days too with like the combination of like and this is not just Game of Thrones, it's every every show now, with um like special effects that happen like practically, you know, whether it's blood or mud or, you know, whatever's happening with actors, makeup, you know. And then there's CG stuff. Mm. Cause now they can do stuff where like they can, you know, you can lose a limb. And you don't necessarily have to be wearing some fake plastic thing that is going to stand out immediately on a 4K resolution yeah. 
you know, stream and people are going like, well, that's a fake arm. It's, it's more like you can just walk around that particular scene with like a green screen glove on, yep. you know, like for the rest of it. And they could totally just do it in post and it's expensive, but man, it's, it's really convincing when that kind of stuff happens. And I find that because of that, um, I know it's all fake movie stuff, you know, actors aren't really losing arms, but because it's a lot less fake in the last like five to seven years, uh, I, I find it irks me yeah. more like, and it gets not in the way that I don't want to watch, but in the way that it really impacts me, we're just like, Oh geez. Like yeah. I cringe when stuff like that happens on, on, on shows. Kinda, I, I find myself looking away at, at moments when I wouldn't have done that, or maybe just because I'm getting older and it's just not my taste anymore. But it's, I, I think the, the realism of it, as you say, is it's just so there now that you can't, it looks like somebody just literally died horribly in front of you and it's it's not like there's there's no cartooniness to it anymore it's 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 very real looking i have a recommendation uh once you've finished your rewatch of stranger Mm -hmm. things the podcast that i mentioned a couple weeks ago uh inside of you with michael rosenbaum he recently interviewed gaten matarazzo who plays dustin oh nice i like he's he's a fun actor I've, i've heard him a couple times in interviews and he's just he's like just super excited to be doing what he's doing and just exudes that he's just so nice to listen to he's a delightful kid i say kid he's probably 20 now but like (laughs) to me he's a kid he's he's a delightful human being and he you can feel the joy that he has in doing Mm -hmm. what he's doing uh you hear about how he started doing like a broadway tour of les mis at like age nine or something bananas you hear about backstage stuff, but there's no drama. There's no, there's no, um, like tabloid stuff. Like, cause sometimes Michael Rosenbaum likes to poke the bear mm. and try to, actors want to talk about some like crazy stuff that's happened on set or problems and whatever. And one Rosenbaum doesn't go down that road. Um, but two, it's just all fun. Like it's just, he's just, you know, Gaten is just a fun guy and, and he's, and he's really engaged and it's a weird interview because they had to do it like with COVID they had to like, he's on his laptop, I think in his right. bedroom. <laughs> so like you're kind of looking up his nose for half the interview. Um, so listen to it. It's less distracting <laughs> if you listen to it as opposed to watch it. I had it on YouTube while I was doing the dishes, but if you're a fan of Stranger Things, if you're a fan of, of, um, Matarazzo and his work, then absolutely cool. check it out. It's, it's worth, worth, worth the, I don't know. I think it was close to 90 minutes that he sat down oh, and nice. talked with him. It's good. Yeah, no, it's like we're in season two right now, and it's just um, Dustin sort of coming into his own. He's he's not with he's more with Steve Harrington at this point in season two, and mm-hmm. the, their dynamic together actually, I I really like that, and I hope there's more Dustin and Steve in the future. I think they're because they're together again in season three, but I think they just whatever it is, their timing and delivery and give and take off each other is fantastic. I think it's probably just a, a combination of like two actors that really know what mm-hmm. they're doing, two people, actors that enjoy one another's company, and then really good writing. I thought the writing for that, because what I liked about the the Dustin and what's Steve the guy's the name? Steve the Hair again? Harrington. Um, <laughs> That's Steve, how I remember. Uh, Steve, right. So I like how it's disarming Steve. Like Steve is no longer like the unapproachable jock cool yeah. guy. Like he's he's in this with a bunch of nerds. And he's just trying to be the older kid and make sure no one gets mm-hmm. hurt. And then there's this younger kid that's asking about like, like, have you seen, you've seen Stranger Things all the way through, right? I have, yeah. So we're, we're rewatching the first three seasons with my son now. So then. 
Right. I don't want to, I just didn't no, want to no, spoil good. anything. But like when they're on the train tracks talking about hair and he's like, oh, yeah. how do you think you're going to do that? And he, and he explains, and he explains how to, how to get like the eighties blowout sort of deal. And because Dustin's got like super yeah. curly hair and, and it's, but it's a it great is. moment. Like it's just this really cool. It's the kind of thing. And it, especially like in the eighties, that's not necessarily a thing that guys would be sharing no, with one another. And then, and then when he reveals, you know? he uses, I think, what was it? The, the fair two pumps of the fair faucet, fair faucet hairspray or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hairspray marketed at women in the eighties. Yeah. And he's like, and tell anybody I'll kill you, but Oh, seriously, two pumps. <laughs> so it was, it's like, I'll kill you if you tell anyone. But, but don't go overboard. <laughs> well, moving on into what we have been watching this week, uh, I am pleased to say that I have not only found something on Netflix to watch, uh, <laughs> but it is a season of things, and it is also very good, and I'm happy to, to not have much to really complain about it. Uh, I'm watch watching Vikings Valhalla. Mm. I'm not sure if uh, you've heard of this or if you've managed to, to jump in yourself. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes, of course, to everything. Uh, I will not be spoiling anything because I've only seen the first four episodes and there are some cool things that happen. Not necessarily plot spoilers, just like cool moments that are way more fun if you don't mm -hmm. see them coming. So uh, I won't go into those details, but uh, it is set 100 years after the events of Vikings, the first series on the History Channel. Uh, so it's set in 1066 in England. Uh, the English have sparked conflict under the order of King Althered. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the second, uh, who ordered the massacre of all Danish settlers on English soil on St. Bryce's day, which is like a Danish holiday. So everybody's around celebrating and feasting and the English come in and just kill everybody. This is the first five yeah. minutes of the show, by the way, I'm not, this is not a spoiler. This is like the whole setup, um, women, children, everybody. And so. The premise of the show is the Viking revenge. Uh, King Canute uh, rallies the various Viking houses for retribution, but the Vikings are fighting amongst themselves with conflicting Christian and pagan mm -hmm. beliefs. So some of the Vikings are now Christian and they don't want to fight alongside the pagans. Sometimes they want to kill the pagans. There's all kinds of inner strife and problems. Um, it's, I, I'm really, really liking it. I've watched the fir first four episodes. There are eight but I'm pacing myself. So I'll end up finishing this weekend sometime. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. They're 45 minutes long, give or take. Will you go through and watch the other four this weekend? Or are you, you going to pace it even even more than that? One a day. Okay. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, like it just, it'll, it's kind of like my dinner entertainment or after okay. dinner entertainment. So your, your current thing to watch when you want something these days. Yeah, when I want to sit down for like phone down on the couch, like no distractions, mm. I think to the point where like, I'm not even watching over dinner. Um, well, one, it's violent. <laughs> so you want to keep the meal down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be having spaghetti and watching this show. Uh, TVMA for people that have small humans yeah. around uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a war show. It's, it's about Vikings in, in medieval times, essentially. Uh, very strong um, high production mm -hmm. value as far as I'm concerned. Um, have you started it? Have you got into it? I did. Yeah. No, I, I was, I was, as I mentioned, I've been busy, so I didn't really have anything I'd been new. I'd been watching and I took your recommendation on it. So I've, I've seen the first two episodes and yeah. And even in those two episodes, they cover a lot of, it feels like they've covered a lot of story already. And it's, um, I agree with you 100%. The production value is top notch. It's, it's quite good. Oh, I, I hope that someone gets nominated for 
whatever award that this Netflix show would qualify for, for costume design. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Good call. I'm not a history buff. I'm not a history nerd. Uh, I know some people that are, and I'm assuming even though this is all, you know, historical fiction, they wanted to probably stick with like the armor and attire and, you know, the battle techniques and stuff like that and try to stick to it as close as they could. And man, uh, it's, it's, the between the the action and the immersion uh i definitely mm. find it kind of edge of your chair stuff uh and you're right they do cover an awful lot in the first two episodes it does start to slow down as you follow the main characters um and it doesn't surprise me that the pace is so good because the showrunner and writer is jeb stewart uh die hard and the fugitive <laughs> ring a bell no, right. yeah uh, and and um obviously um it's a it's a spin-off from the original Viking show, but that has six seasons, and I'm happy to say that you don't have to know what happened in those six seasons. This is gonna depict, according to the Wikipedia, the end of the Viking era, uh, mm. as basically Christianity kind of sweeps over Europe. Um, and this is kind of like the last big sort of battle. Uh, and so as you follow the main characters from the kickoff point where things are moving so quickly, uh, it starts to slow down as you're following the, the main, the main folks. Uh, the wiki says that there are three seasons planned. Hmm. I hope that's true. Uh, and I hope that's all that's planned. Like, I hope they can keep it concise. Uh, I would imagine this is probably a pretty demanding job for the actors involved mm, and i, I can imagine. only imagine how costly it is because like you're talking about crowds of people in fight scenes like to be covid safe during production like i'd imagine everybody had to be tested like all the time uh especially with all the screaming and shouting and like close combat and stuff yeah there's no way you're not getting someone's spittle on your face in this show no exactly exactly uh and actually that brings up a, a good point it's not all just screaming and running at each other, which surprised me. And I won't get into details because I feel like that would spoil some fun stuff. But the, the way that the Vikings do their warfare, specifically uh, how Greenlanders are bringing their knowledge to the Vikings, uh, which is where one of the main characters is from. Mm -hmm. And it, it really changes the pace of what is normally like you know if you think about movies like braveheart where like everybody lines up on one side and everybody lines up on the other and then there's like 10 minutes of them shouting at one another before they run at one another and then it's just this great big <laughs> clash in the middle and it's all mayhem right this has a little bit more order and strategy and stuff to it um because um the vikings are trying to like sack england like they're mad <laughs> yeah. and and it's uh it's it's got some real um stakes to it which is which is cool um the actors that i've been mentioning uh i really like um sam corlett plays leif erickson son of eric the red he's one of the main greenlanders leo Suter, i hope i'm pronouncing that last name right is mm -hmm. harold sigurdsson and frida gustafson is freitas eric's daughter uh and that is leif's sister and Bradley Freegard plays King Canute, who I mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, all of them are charismatic, uh, intense mm -hmm. when they need to be, like when they need to be mid-battle or when they need to be pensive or when they need to be specifically uh, Frida. Uh, again, no spoilers, but like she, women in the, the women characters in this are super strong. They're, they all fight alongside the Viking men. There's no women in the English ranks, but all the Viking ranks have got a mix of men and women. And 
um, when when um, Freitas gets into it, like she's a beast. Yeah, <laughs> like she, exactly. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to mess with her at all. Uh, and she and for good reason. She's got some she's got some reasons uh, why like what her motivation is. Uh, but something that I noticed immediately about um, Frida Gustafson, who plays her, they were saying goodbyes on a dock. I'm just like, she's really tall or that guy is like five foot nothing. And <laughs> then I, I looked it up. probably a combination of the two. <laughs> no, she's six feet tall. She's a model. Uh, but she's, oh, she's actually yeah, she's actually six feet tall, which you don't see a lot in, in television shows, women that are that tall. And you really, when a man is six feet tall as an actor, they usually tower above a lot of the other people on set. Um, but she was just like taller than everybody. I was like, is she standing on a box? What's going on? Um, cause you don't often see her from head to toe. And this just happened to be that, like those, those waist up shots of her hugging her friends. Mm. Uh, and I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's a monster. Uh, I just um, looked it up and, uh, Sam Corlett who plays her brother is actually, he's, he's just over six feet tall as well. So it's, ah. And that's something I liked about it is that I had to look up everybody. There's no North American star power, uh, European series fans may recognize people that i don't uh for example um frida was in the witcher i don't remember who she was <laughs> maybe oh, was she, she was a monster i don't know i have no idea who she was uh, like one episode in season one i think so like i no no clue as to, as to who she actually played um i think the credit was just ma ma yeah so i have no idea um but but that's the thing like so i don't know anybody and that's that's great for this kind of show because i'm not bringing any kind of baggage from another show as a fan of an actor to it. Now, the only actor that I, the only two actors that I recognized, and it's not that I knew them very well, but there's uh, Sam Corlett. He actually played a character. Um, oh, what was his name in Sabrina, the teenage witch? It's uh Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, Caliban. Yeah. He was um, kind of played this smarmy kind of bit of a jerk character, just kind of there, always had a shirt off. So he was kind of there as the smarmy eye candy guy. And it, it he wasn't a, a bad actor. The character had like zero depth to him and it was kind of annoying when he was around. So it's, that's the only other thing that I've seen him in, but he's, he's excellent as Leif Erikson in this. He's quite, I wouldn't even say that he's charismatic necessarily. He's, he doesn't really speak a whole lot, but he just, when he speaks, um, it's with intent and he doesn't instigate anything, but when stuff starts to happen around him, he's, he's, really cool to watch i'm just i'm trying to choose words to say here that doesn't give anything away but he's right he's a when he defends himself he's a delight to watch i'll just leave it at that (laughs) and that's the thing that i did sort of question as as a non-historian i don't know like most of the fighting that you see is pretty traditional swords axes shields shield wall like that kind of normal stuff but what leaf erickson does specifically with like close quarter combat and Mm -hmm. things like that you just it like it happens so fast it almost feels like modern martial arts when obviously they wouldn't do that but i wonder how i wonder how authentic that is to like different fighting stuff or if they're just trying to convey he's from someplace different his dad is eric the red so he knows his stuff yeah. uh and and so he's just he knows how to defend himself and what i like so much about it is they give you that glimpse to reinforce his confidence he's calm but he's there for a reason and Mm -hmm. he's not going to be told no. And there's lots of people that are just kind of like, I like your coat. I'm going to steal it now. And you're like, no, you're not. This is episode one again. And, and it's kind of like, and you're looking at the two of them. You're just like, okay, this big guy's got a sword. (laughs) He's twice this guy's size. 
uh, and obviously very aggressive. And he just has that like calm kind of like, I'm, this is not going to happen. But then when he actually does get into a scuffle with him, you're like, oh, okay. And he's not a, I mean, he's a tall guy, but he's not an overly big guy. He's more of a, a tactical fighter, you know, everybody's got soft spots sort of deal. And I like, I really like that about how they've, um, they're not all typecast. Like not every Viking in the show is a brute. No, they, they have, they've got both physical and emotional soft spots. Like whether it's, you know, um, Leaf and his sister being close. Uh, and obviously he wants good things for her and, but also, also doesn't want to hold her back. Like he's not trying to protect her. She can protect herself, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, so there's these cool relationships that are very different to see in a, in a show like this, which I thought was pretty good. Um, another strong female character is the queen of England. Have you met her yet? Yes. She's in that. episode two. Okay. So she, it gets better. Um, but, uh, and this isn't a spoiler because it happens, I think in the first episode, but the king, like the, the king is sick when you meet him and he has a son and the king dies and quickly it becomes this boy king situation in England. So you've got this raiding Viking army coming in boy king that has no experience, um, but wants to, um, quickly. Um, and then the widow queen, uh, the, you know, king soon to be king's mother having this really cool kind of like tactical role where she kind of has to be a steward in the interim and mm. kind of like give the orders or, or she's not just, you know, again, some damsel on the sidelines. Like she's originally from the North. She's from, uh, Normandy. Did they Normandy? Yeah. So she knows kind of like Viking ways. And she, so she's anticipating what they're going to do, trying to warn people. Like you don't understand the fire that you've lit. <laughs> you know, by, by killing all these Danish people here on, on English soil. Mm. And I really liked her, her presence as well. Uh, Laura Berlin is the actor that plays her. Originally, I thought that she was playing Edmund's mother. And I thought, wow, she's just almost looks like she's the same age. But thanks, thankfully, <laughs> she's actually his stepmom. So she's not actually his mother. Right. I said mother, didn't I? I meant to say stepmom. Uh, for my own sake, when I was, I had to look up her character. I'm like, please tell me that's not supposed to be her mother. Cause you, you know, sometimes they have somebody cast perfectly and another time they're like, Oh, Hey mom. And you're like, really? You're maybe a year and a half older than the person you're calling mom. <laughs> yeah. So when I found out that she was actually this, uh, his stepmother, I'm like, I, I, I was able to go, okay, I'm able to, no need to suspend disbelief. We're still good to go. <laughs> Everybody is roughly the same age ish as far as the main characters, which makes mm. sense because people in 1066 are not living super, super long. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially if they're on the battlefield all the time. Cause just, you know, you'd end up dying of injury and, and all kinds of complications. Uh, the one, the one little kind of like tweak that I'll say is that I feel like <laughs> a few of the lead, lead actors are a bit too good looking to be battle hardened Vikings. <laughs> Whatever do you I mean, mean, you can you can muddy them up all you want, but like Leo Suter is a very attractive man. Oh yeah, and and you're just kind of like, okay, wait a minute, like this guy is a hardcore Viking. Like, how does he still have all his teeth? You know, and I I mean, I get it. Like, they're actors, and you have to have like, there's the actors that are in the leading roles are more than likely going to be. Um, more experienced and probably more well-known actors. And in these days, that usually means that they're, especially at this age, they're going to be um, attractive people. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that like everybody is like clean cut and like GQ looking, but like anybody that has a speaking role 
it is unbelievable how white their teeth are compared to everyone else. Right. <laughs> and, and it's fine. Like it, it takes me out of it for a heartbeat. Yeah. Only be just like, oh, okay, right. Okay. That's why <laughs> it's like, why does she look so pretty? Even though she's completely muddied up and chopping at people. It's like, oh, because she's got lines. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah. I get it. You know? So th that kind of stuff is, is, is easy to spot, but easy to forgive as well. The, the thing that always throws me off. And I, I, I apologize if I have mentioned this on your podcast before, but women's eyebrows drives me crazy that um women in medieval times and I, I guess ultimately i should look this up to find out the historic accuracy of it and and i shouldn't just pin it on just women but like shaped eyebrows when people are like in game of thrones when somebody is a wildling and they've clearly been living in like <laughs> these tents or like in the woods for the better part of their lives and they come and they have perfectly manicured eyebrows or like, it just blows my mind. And so the, these Vikings, you know, they're dirty and they're pretty and stuff like that. Um, I can kind of let that go sometimes, but when they come and their eyebrows, like who's, who's picking their eyebrows? Like, <laughs> like it's, yeah. it, it, for me, it's like the, the white teeth. I kind of, maybe just because I've seen the white teeth on the actor so often, but for whatever reason, just the eyebrows throw me off every single time. Yeah. I mean, you can expect it with something like, you know, the queen of England. Sure. Like yes. that, that would make sense. But, but I agree. I, I did also find it funny uh, because so many of the Vikings have, uh, I think most of the men, if not all of them have some sort of beard, uh, mm -hmm. often epic, like, um, <laughs> there's a couple uh, of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A couple have some epic be beards, uh, Bradley for, uh, Freeguard, uh, the King Canute. Um, I don't know if it's, if it looks like it's real, it might not be, but even if it, even if it uh, isn't, it still looks remarkable. Uh, but, um, Sam Corlett, poor dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a funny feeling that it's his and he's trying, but it's, it's not, it's not going but, quite, quite for him, especially standing next to all of these other guys that are just like these great big goatee, you yeah, know, they're, they're both swinging. Th their beards yeah. are so significant. They should have a, a credit in the show. <laughs> and he's probably trying because his dad is Eric the Red, which probably had this amazing beard. I would, yeah, I would think so. But I mean, then again, like, I don't know, like if he's, um, I mean, he doesn't look like he's a ginger necessarily. Like he doesn't True. look like he has red hair, but, uh, I don't know. He just, he definitely has a fairer, uh, construction. Like every, mm -hmm. a lot of the other men in the show have got like chiseled jaws and like very pr pronounced cheekbones and, and eyebrows and, and brows in general. Like everybody's very, um, sturdy looking, yeah. um, but Leif, Leif Erikson looks swift. That's a good word for it. I'm not saying it's yeah. bad. I'm just saying he looks different. Like he looks, he reminds me like, cause when I see a, an image of Sam Corlett, like I look up when I looked up the actor before the show, like he reminds me of someone that you'd see surfing in California. Like that's the, totally. <laughs> that's the kind of guy that he looks like, uh, you know, a little soul patch goatee, you know, whereas like everybody else has got these giant, you know, um, beards where you can't see their mouths, you know, like that kind <laughs> of stuff. Uh, and in particular, one of his, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but it's one of his buddies from Greenland. He's got a party of about six people, Leif Erikson and his sister and a couple of others. Um, and their names are all hard to pronounce. So I don't remember them, but he's the <laughs> tall, he's the tall, like strawberry blonde guy. And he's got a massive beard. Like it right. goes past his shirt collar. Yeah. And, and like, you can, you, I mean, you can't even see his face. If I knew him from some other show, I wouldn't be able to recognize him unless he had a beard in that too, because like, he's just, he's completely lion mane <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and he has like a fur brimmed hat. 
Like he looks like Santa yeah. Claus, you know, like an angry Santa Claus. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it. I highly recommend it to people. I, I don't have a lot to say about it. Cause again, I, I don't want to ruin the first few episodes for people, but I, I think that it's going to be worth the eight episodes. And mm-hmm. um, if you like this kind of thing, uh, I will leave you with, again, it is violent. And you brought this up with game of Thrones. Uh, they do some pretty violent stuff, but what bewilders me is that they're doing it on throwaway characters. So it feels gratuitous. And we've talked about this a few times on, on the show in the last couple of months. And that's where I'm just like, well, I don't need to see that particular limb being chopped or like, you know, that kind of death when this character doesn't matter. Inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, if something's going to die, if someone's going to die horribly and you want it to feel and be memorable, have it be one of the speaking characters that, that dies in battle, have them die in a very memorable way. Have all the extras just get shot with arrows and fall over. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? So that, that kind of stuff is, um, it does feel like, wait, stop. We've got violence to show you. And it's <laughs> like, but I don't know who these people are, nor do I care. Um, I guess the communication is just to kind of show you like, this is supposed to be a bloody, a bloody event. It's like, well, yeah, I got that with all the swords and axes going around, you know, moving into the internet minute, which is of course brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreoncom slash the Citadel cafe joining at any level. will get you an invite to the member only discord server. And as of right now, you'll also get access to the Barista cut bonus audio sessions. We are down two patrons from last week, but I'm not too worried about it because that's usually the thing that happens as the months roll over and Patreon does its whole uh, charge thing. Uh, Some people adjust their budgets, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're at 24 patrons. Love to make that 25 by next week. So if you're looking to join, you can visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. We will be in the Discord waiting for you. And this is something that I specifically picked out for you, Stephen. Mm. This is a new Lego set, Lego set 10298. It is the Lego Vespa. I just saw the link. I'm going there right now. 1106 pieces retails for $130 Canadian. Hurt my heart. This collectible display model is eight and a half inches by 13 and a half inches by four and a half inches. So it is not small a fancy bookshelf model great design very sleek feels like a vespa but still looks like lego oh my goodness i'm i think it's awesome i just the price tag hurts my heart that's beautiful yeah i know as, as soon as i heard you say that i went ah oh. <laughs> as you were talking i was going through the whole yes accept all cookies yes this and that and then as soon as you said the price it showed up oh it's too bad but it is a really cool looking model yeah and it comes with like a couple of cool little accessories too it's like got a a flower basket that you put on the back of it. It's got a helmet that you can stick on the back and the helmet has goggles, mm, <laughs> which man. I thought was really cool. What surprised me on the first image was that they have that little like Lego separator tool in the image. Yeah. And I know how big those are because I have a couple. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This thing is big. Like this is, it's a foot long. It's more than a foot long. That's beautiful. It's baby blue as well, which I think is is uh the selling point the only other color that i would want would be like red with like a white stripe on it somewhere yeah the, my my dream one i don't know if i mentioned it on stream before or on on a podcast before or not but it's a a 1952 vespa allstate and this isn't quite that but it's got the it's close it's got the round headlight it's it's got a very classic look to it mm-hmm. which is and and the color that i want it would be um baby blue and white so baby blue on either side with a 
with a white stripe that goes down the front middle and all the way to the back would be cool. That is pretty. There's even a, a compartment you can take off the side and look at like the engine pieces. Like they've got the inter internal engine put together, stuff like that, which is really cool. And uh kickstand, so it stands up on its own, which is nice. I always, something I wish that the, the Lego Star Wars ships came with was either a stand that you could put the ship on or a buildable stand that you would have to construct yourself and then stick the ship on. Cause when it's something like a Y wing, like just sitting on the flat surface, it doesn't always look the best. Yeah. Um, I've got mine on top of a bookshelf, so it would be better to have it up a little bit higher where you can see more of it. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is on my short wish list. Not, not very many things like this. I'm not a big car guy, but uh, once upon a time I did almost buy a scooter. And uh, I also really like the, Volkswagen bus model. We featured that here on the show before as well oh, from nice. Lego. But this this is up there with that. Like it's the kind of thing that's just a classic piece of design that you could put on any shelf and people just wouldn't question it. Yeah. You know, oh, like absolutely, just, yeah. They wouldn't go, oh, really displaying Lego? Because this is just such a cool one. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Stephen and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, even YouTube. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell friends about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am doing online at joelduggan.com. That includes my illustration and design portfolio. You can check out my other podcast all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. Will we get a snapshot this week? I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. And of course, follow me at Joel Duggan on social media. And I'll point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I'm streaming all of Fabric 5 on Fridays. And of course, from the Citadel on the weekends. Stephen, where can people find you online? most found easily these days on twitch at twitch.tv slash steven ese again steven with a ph thursday evenings and sunday mornings uh, with a special minecraft speedrun challenge coming up on the morning of sunday march 13th you've been listening to the citadel cafe where we are fast easy and cheap but you can only pick two